Lord has made. This is a day that anything is possible. Why? Because we serve a God who will take the impossible and turn it into possible every single time. This is May the 3rd. It's almost May the 4th. Um, tomorrow will be May the 4th for those who don't know 4 comes after 3. Took me several years to learn that. I remember in diapers whenever they was trying to teach me that so much. The, it's 3, 4, 5, 6. Cloud's learning that now. <laughs> He's getting it down pretty pat. But today's May the 3rd, 2023. Excited for what this May the 3rd holds for the body of Christ. And we're excited for all the Spirit of God is doing in and through the bride of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> Miss Hannah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm wearing this new shirt that Miss Mary got me. I love it. It's, it says, how can I pray for you? So. Yep. I like it. I like it. Um, let's see here. Jacob Swift's getting honed in. How are you doing, <laughs> Jacob? I'm doing good. How about you, Aaron? Terrific. Never been better. I had just texted Jacob and said, are you coming in today? Well, I've never seen the amount of school buses. <laughs> like, when you're trying to get to a place, I'm like, how many school buses is there? Oh, no. There? I, I got here, you know, right before it was time. But Did you hit any I school buses coming week. in? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I, I missed you last week, Jacob. Oh, he's like, gone? Huh? He was gone? I think. Oh, oh my I didn't goodness. know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, am I losing my mind? It was either last week it's or It's a good possibility. Uh, <laughs> this, um, Jacob, you you good over there? I don't know about this. Did you break it? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I don't down. think he's used, has he used the new mic? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's broke it now. He's not even good <laughs> to use it. He's done broke it. Sit down and We're broke the mic. we figure it out here. All right, but we are excited for all that God's doing. I'm excited for this morning. We're going to have a lot of good conversation, a lot of dialogue going on. Um, unfortunately, we do not have a guest today, but um, we're going to interview Mariah today. I don't know what about, but Mariah, we're going to interview you today, correct? Um, her, she's having goldfish for breakfast. That's a that's a breakfast of champions, right there. Kind of used to be Wheaties, now it's goldfish, and um, but hers is probably more nutritious than mine was. I had Sunkiss, and I had. Um, uh, I had Sunkiss and Swiss rolls. And so um, that's probably not the most healthiest breakfast either. Um, and so we are. <sighs> what happened to the good old gravy and biscuits, the bacon, egg, and cheese? Uh, <laughs> we we just need one restaurant down here with like fast-paced biscuits, so we can just order and move in and move out and go with it to the glory of God. Um, that has specials too, because. I think there's a special going on now at Hardy's two for five oh on goodness. the sausage egg biscuits. <laughs> I usually know my sausage egg. I usually know my my specials on breakfast deals, and <laughs> um, and so I don't know. All right, well we are moving forth with announcements this morning. Um, Hannah, do you know anything on announcements wise? Um, I did I announce coffee with Jesus. I'll I'll go ahead and announce that again. Um. It'll be May 20th at the um, church by Taco Bell up on the hill um, at 4 p.m. on May 20th. And our speaker will be Kate Cottrell. So we're excited for that. Um, I don't know of any other announcements other than our surprise. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, me and Jacob's giving sign language. Uh, <clears throat> and so we got a surprise here at 735 this morning. That we're going to announce, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And for all those that are wondering, no, Hannah is not pregnant. Like, Jason's got <laughs> oh this stirred up. Goodness. 
this is what you get. This is what you get for calling him a false teacher and heretic. Um, is that Jason got Jason said I thought it was going to be that surprise on Hannah's pregnant or something. Um, surprise, Justin. Uh, but no, I mean Justin. <laughs> I was getting ready. To, I that's on my next. That's my next one. That was my next announcement. So surprise, Ethan. Um, Justin is my next one to say happy birthday to. Uncle Justin is about, I don't know, I would rough it out to say about 73. Um, but no, Justin, I, don't, I forgot how he's, maybe 41, I think it's over the hill was last week. Um, last week? I mean, last year. And so, <clears throat> I got so many texts flying off right now. I'm trying to keep up. And, um, <laughs> and so, all right, so let's see here. Arrow, uh, I have not had the latest update on arrow yet so as soon as we get one we will have it i know man I have to um we have a date in mind for arrow so if we want i could announce it tomorrow morning i just need to check um a scheduling thing okay all right Today. So. um we'll check the scheduling thingy and <laughs> uh we'll look at that and we'll get you the information for that may the 25th is the next man up it's going to be at cross point um, 6.30 p.m. there. So that's going to be exciting. And graduation here at Bethel Christian Academy is the 19th. Um, so those are always, that's always a wonderful event, celebrating the kiddos and all their accomplishments and achievements. I think we have four, I think we have four graduates this year. And so we'll, um, last year was one of the bigger classes, I remember. I forgot how many we had, but it was a huge class. And Usually we average three to four or five graduates each year, but last year I was going to say we almost hit double digits where we are we were in double digits. I know when we, um, we've always had this tradition, and um, that the pastor will take the seniors out for lunch. So Brother Ron and Miss Gretchen did it for years and years and years, and me and Heather kept that up last year. And so um, I remember the table we got was huge, and the those kids can eat. Um, and then one of them decided they were going to get root beer in a bottle and didn't realize that I didn't Ooh. catch it. I didn't know they kept bringing them to them. And I said, you're cut off. <laughs> like, you're cut off, no sir. No free refills, right? <laughs> no free refills. They were, I didn't know. I said, it's a bottle. Like, what do you think's going to happen, son? And so uh, they were like, okay, I'll get water from now on. Um, I was like, we don't get water. Just don't order the bottle next time. Um, uh, but no, it was all fun. And, uh, we'll, we got that coming up too. I, but, but I only remember that because how many kids we had at the table and the waitress was like, man, this is a big party for the middle of the day. I said, I know we have several graduates. And so, um, but they always seem to enjoy that day. And so, um, excited to do it again this year with them. It's always a treat and, um, just a joy to, go have lunch with them and hear what their plans are and plans for the future and all that God is going to do in their life. So announcements-wise, I think that's basically it. I'm not for sure any other announcements that we would have. And um, at this moment, if you all have announcements for your ministries, for your organizations, um, you know we would love to get that information out to the community. All you have to do is text us at 270-230-6337, or you can call the station at 270-257-2689. Again, for information um, concerning event calendars and other things that you want to get up there, text me at 270-230-6337. 
or you can call us at the station at 270-257-2689. You can also engage with the broadcast this morning by asking your Bible questions and asking all um, interaction, whatever, like, you know, life questions. And, you know, whenever we say Bible questions, it doesn't have to necessarily be, uh, can you explain Philippians 3.16 or something like that. It could be one we answered yesterday about covetousness. And we could, you could be, you know, um, what's the atmosphere of the Antichrist regime going to be? Like, there's, it don't have to be a specific Bible question per se, like so-and-so verse. But it could be something pertaining to it or maybe um, just a life question that you have and how to think biblically about it. We'll be happy to answer any question the best we possibly can. Um, and I know we have one or two questions answered today that were sent to me yesterday and trying to <clears throat> trying to find those to make sure I have those. But um, excited. It's always an honor and a great opportunity to get your all's Bible questions out on the table and the discussion to happen. So, all righty. Well, we are in the Gospel of John. But before we go to the Gospel of John, Hannah, uh, at 9.30 through 10 on Wednesdays, there's the live prayer call-in now. Yes. So take like three or four minutes and explain what we're doing there. Yeah. Um, so me and Miss Mary Hayes, um, we, during the share we kind of talked to Aaron about, you know, having live prayer. Because if you remember, if any of you were listening during the share um, we have, I mean, we're here all day. And so we had these times where we just felt the need to pray for people, um, pray for our listeners. Um, and it was, you know, some of it was nothing, it was nothing to do with the share It was just a, almost a spirit-led um, time of, of, of sensing that there's people listening that need to, need to be prayed for for certain things um and so we just kind of decided like we're going to start doing that we're going to start doing it regularly because prayer is important prayer is the backbone of of ministry prayer is the backbone of Mm. our walk with the lord i mean um and so we want you all to send in your prayer request um we want you all even if you can't this morning you know let Call one of us here, or text Aaron, um, or call here at 270-257-2689, um, and we'll start that at 930, and we, we just want to pray for you guys. Um, if we just, we'll try to get to as many prayers as we can. I know we, it kind of went by fast the last 30 minutes, um, but we tried to cram, we get in every prayer that we could, um, and then we will probably, um, you know, if we're led by the Spirit to pray for something that's just on our heart, then we will do that as well. But we want to open up that time. If there's a need, we want to be here for you all to pray for that. Um, so please call in at 270-257-2689, um, and they will give us your prayer requests as we're on the air. Um, or you can call Aaron at... Deuce. Two seven zero two three zero six three three seven. He's a lot better with his number. <laughs> I, I have to look it up. <laughs> so yeah, feel free to text me two seven zero two three zero six three three seven, and we'll get that prayer request on the list to pray for. Now remember, if you don't want your name out there or anything like that, just make sure you tell us. Um, we don't pray for the details. Like some of the things I understand is confidential, so we we use discernment, wisdom, what to say and not to say, but. Um, we want to pray for you guys. And if it's something you want prayer for and you're like, I just don't really want it out on the air, just tell us. And we'll just say there's a special situation for 
Cindy Lou or something like yeah. that. And we're going to pray for Cindy Lou. And yeah. we can usually pray for it in a way that maybe, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it won't give away what you're praying for. Sometimes mm-hmm. I understand some things you're praying for and you don't want everybody to necessarily know. Remember the old time days? I call it the old school church. It used to be uh, unspoken request. I don't like those. I remember that. I, I don't, don't like those. I don't know. I've I, ca- I, the only reason I say that is we have to be specific sometimes. And it's like, I think we have to get to the, the bottom of those because even my family does that a lot. And I guess, like you said, it's the old old fashioned. But Charlotte always told me we have to be very specific of what we're praying for. I mean, we could pray abroad, I guess, but it, it's like, I, you don't have to tell me the details. Just, hey, I've got some ailment in my body, you know, or mm-hmm. or, or am I praying for financial disaster or whatever it is, you know, being more specific, you know. But I, I remember those. I remember the old unspoken prayer requests. But. I had them all the time. <laughs> I'm I was, a, am I, I praying 12. for your back? <laughs> am I praying for bacon for Aaron to, to come up here on his plate or something, you well, know? I wouldn't complain. <laughs> it's always a safe bet to pray for me food. <laughs> if you have nothing else to pray, just pray for Aaron to get really good food. That would be, uh, I would quite extensively love that prayer. Um, <clears throat> and so, all right, well, we are moving forth. Uh, John chapter, well, not James. I was in James the other day. John uh, chapter 8. And let's see here. Let me pull down here and figure out exactly where we left off. All right. uh, We're going to verse 25. Who are you, they demanded. And this is after he's telling them, hey, you're going to die in your sins. You don't believe. Uh, for unless you believe that I am who claims to be, you will die in your sins. And they said, who are you? And Jesus said, the one I've always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely faithful. I mean, truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. Uh, let Let me switch over from the... I'm in the NLT. That's what I I like to read that, and I've kind of uh, stayed on. Sorry. So verse 25, let's read those in the King James again. Then say, then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, that I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true, and I speak the world, I speak to the world the things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me, and the Father had not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. And He spake unto them these words, and many believed on Him. So we did. We covered all that yesterday. I was doing that for context. Because context is always important. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Mm -hmm. So what's he telling them? He's saying, if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth. Why? Because his word is truth. And if you'll continue in his word, which is truth, you shall know the truth. And because you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. So he's saying this basically, the truth is what makes you free. It's the truth. 
because it's directing you. It's guiding you. It's showing you the right path. It's showing you the right things. Um, it's illuminating the right, uh, the right word, the right doctrine. All these things, he was actually pushing them forward to believe on him, to stay believing on him, to stay with him. And, um, and I think that it's significant even for us today because it says that if you continue in my word, if you continue, then you are my disciples. So the way we continue in his word, his disciples, and the way we're made free is by the truth. And maybe the possibility that so many people's walking around bound is because we're not preaching truth. Amen. Um, and so we're preaching everything but the truth. And we're looking for anything to say other than the word. And pastors, if you are preaching anything other in your pulpit, and I say this to myself in the mirror all the time, if you're preaching any other thing other than the word in the pulpit, you are not preaching truth and your people are not set free because it's the truth that sets people free. Yeah. And, um, and so often we see so many people in the church bound up and we see so many people in the church not set free. And if you look at the preaching, so often it's nothing to do with the word. Mm. It's everything to do with culture, hipness, um, tradition, religion, but it's not the word because mm. his word is truth. And that's what Jesus is saying right there. If you continue in my word, which is truth, you will be set free. Amen. But that's probably also a counter thing saying, if you do not continue in my word, you will not be set free. And how can we, how can we move forward in our relationship with Christ and being his disciple if we do not know the truth? And so that's why it's so important to be in the word, because it's his word. His word that sets us free. Um, I think it's First Timothy three sixteen says all Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, God breathed, oh, profitable for rebuke, correction, um, and so it's it's there. Like we have um, on our fancy handy notebooks, as Blue's Clues used to say. Uh, no, on our phones that I just about spilt uh, my sun kiss, my unhealthy sun kiss. Everybody else is drinking coffee and water and all this kind of stuff. I, I drink Mountain Dew and Sunkiss. That's the real kind of food and drinks for, for breakfast. Um, but we have this phone, and we have the Bible app. And we have, right now on the Bible app, you can I can look at uh, 70 English translations right now. Wow. Of the Bible. And... The word. It's the word that sets us free. It's the truth. And if we are bound, my question is, are we in the word? Are we his disciple? Are we walking, following, pursuing? Because that's what Jesus said right there. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Anybody else? Amen. That's good. I mean, I, yesterday I was listening to Leonard Ravenhill, and... Uh, I, I was pretty stared up. I was in my truck weeping. Um, just some of the old preachers who preached truth. Sometimes we used to look at them as hardcore. Like Wilkerson, I used to hear people say, he's just so hard. But if they knew his passion for the word and for the truth, it just does something to you. And Leonard Ravenhill was talking about, and I think I've heard you talk about this, if the Holy Spirit was taken from our churches and 
he said most churches in America could still have church and still do the same routine they do every Sunday and every Wednesday and every time the doors are open. They even would have prayer meetings and everything without the Holy Spirit. And he said, that's pretty hard. You know, if we can do this without the Holy Spirit, then he's the one that leads us to all truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about here. You know, we shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free because the Holy Spirit is the one that's teaching us these truths. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like something that just hit me so strong that how is the church, the what the and this was, this was probably preached 30, 40 years ago. And he was talking about the, how the church was and i'm sitting there man if you could see it today yeah it's almost like a mirror image of history repeating itself mm-hmm. and i'm sitting there going lord jesus we got to get back to the, the truth of uh of let's just dive into do you really want god or do you really want to know him and not just come to church and just sit there as a pew warmer and, and put like i've heard aaron say you just put your time in basically you're just coming to put your money in the offering you're there to come to let people see hey i'm a christian you know and you have no attributes of of being a christian and and he leonard ravenhill was really telling people you know it's time for the church to wake up it's time for the church to get into the prayer closets it's time for the church to speak truth again and let's get down into the gritty things what is holding us back what is the stumbling blocks that's in our way what is what's you know, holding back the individual. And most of the time, what we're seeing is people still have things they are not dealing with. And I think a lot of things are being swept under the rug. But I believe when the Holy Spirit comes into that place, wherever you're at, he will begin to expose everything. You can't be hidden. And it's like, yeah, I, it was just I don't know I just it, it it really did something to me yesterday and that's I was trying that's why I was yeah. trying to call you Hannah oh. I was going to share you some videos <laughs> share with me the video yeah um, I think those who aren't saved right now those the unbelievers <clears throat> or the lost they they aren't they don't understand and they're so caught up in the world that they don't even see like the, the church isn't burning like she should be mm. so they don't see why they would need it that's true but the believers there's so many believers in the body right now whose their hearts are hardened mm. from different things and i believe the truth sets us free when the truth gets in us mm the truth gets inside of us and penetrates our heart but there's no penetration of the heart if your heart is hardened because it can't break through that wall that you've built up around Mm -hmm. it and i think we're seeing that with a lot of people because we i mean the holy spirit the spirit has to draw us yes but our heart has to be a heart of flesh we have to have a soft heart so that it can penetrate into us and the truth can can free us from the inside yeah. I, I think that's the problem is people aren't wanting to deal with what's on the inside. They're yeah. wanting to deal with what's on the outside, the external. And they're like, oh, well, I'm free on the outside. <coughs> like, mm. I, you know, everything's good. But then on the inside, there's I believe that there's Christians who have things that they haven't dealt with their whole lives. True. That have been just keeping it. You know, when people, there was like preaching about like different room or different compartments of your your heart or something and letting the Lord like invade every compartment or Mm -hmm. every door 
in your in your soul and like you can't just keep one room to yourself and not let him come in that one true like i just think about that like i feel like there's some people and i've been there before i've been there and i it, i mean it's a process but we have to let him in everywhere we true. have to let him uh deal with everything that that we're dealing with all the trauma all the pain amen all all of the church hurt i've been hearing that one a lot um all of the bitterness all of the um what was what we talked about yesterday covetness all of that like we have we can't hold yeah. i love that song um i think it's by will reagan there's nothing i hold on to mm-hmm. there's nothing i hold on to there's nothing we can hold on to when it comes to jesus Do, I, sometimes i think that it's a lot to, of the view of the father mm-hmm. you know he is a loving father and he is a and he's amazing and he he's good but at the same time, he has fire in his eyes. He's he's a holy one. And I feel like sometimes the church itself has missed who he really is. Mm-hmm. He is where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. That is a profound statement because we don't look at him as, oh, I'm, you know, we, we kind of come. I, I get it. We come to him as Abba. We come to him as Father because he is the gentle one. But he also is a warrior. He also is the king. He's the one that comes and he's holy. And we're going to bow before him because it talks about John being, you know, slain before him because of his majesty and his glory, his glory. I mean, even Moses couldn't look upon him because of his, him walking by. He could only look at his hindquarters because it would have killed him. Yeah. You know, that's the father, not just a loving father, but he is one who is holy and worthy. And it's like when we start seeing Jesus in fullness and not just the loving side, I think that sometimes we pick out what we want to see of Jesus. That was just about to lead me to my next (laughs) statement. I I have heard this and I, I will never forget it, that Jesus is not a buffet. He's not a buffet. We can't just go and get what we want and Mm. just keep coming back and getting what we want, but not, we have to have the whole Christ. Like this gospel does not say we can just pick and choose what, what parts of Jesus that we want. It says that we're to be one with him. We're to be his bride because when you get married, when we get married, we can't just pick and choose what parts we want of our partner. It's true. We, we have to, we come, we come in together. We come together as one with each other. And I mean, if you choose to marry somebody, then you choose to marry everything. <laughs> That's right. You choose to marry all of them. Flaw, like, but the thing is, Jesus He's is not. flawless. Exactly. He's flawless. But the thing is, parts of him make us uncomfortable. There's parts of Jesus that make us uncomfortable because he's holy, but he's righteous. True. Or he's holy, but he's just. Yes. And, that, and the the judgment and the justice, that's the part that makes most people uncomfortable. Well, I mean, Leonard said this real quick. Um, when we want Jesus to come into the church, when we come, we want to, oh, Holy Spirit, come while we're here. Holy Spirit, do it while I'm here for two hours or however long my, the preaching and the worship is. And then we want the Holy Spirit to leave when we lock the doors. I mean, that's m- most places that we're we're dictating the Holy Spirit. Like we want, oh, this is this is there's no weight upon weight upon the Father. There's no weight upon the Lord. There's no waiting on on Him and allowing Him to do the things He needs to do. But we just it's kind of like a microwave Christianity. We just want Jesus to show up when we need Him, and then when we don't need Him, we, you know, He's tossed over here. But it, that's not who He is, and that's yeah. not what He does. And I believe when the church starts realizing He is. 
everything that you need in every part of your life and every walk, and no matter if it's coming to church or if it's going to work or if it's going to the, whatever you're doing, he has to be everything. He has to be the center of everything in your life. It can't just be just a, a partial here and a partial there. And, and I'm speaking to those, you know, right now that I believe that maybe, maybe you are, uh, you, you want to go deeper, but you just, you don't know how look upon the father, look upon him, go into the, that, that place with him, that it's, it's a deep place with Jesus where you see him in fullness, not just part of him, but full that, man, I just want to think about that. It's it just, mm. well, <clears throat> I think what Jesus was saying in John chapter eight is the word is truth and the truth sets you free. And if we really want to be set free and we want to walk in freedom, we want to walk in the spirit. It's by his word. Amen. Um, just take the Sermon on the Mount. And people don't like to read the word because the word convicts people. That's honestly probably one of the biggest reasons. They just stay away from it because they don't want to know that they can't do this or they shouldn't do this or um, God doesn't operate like that or in something like this. But if you just look at the Sermon on the Mount, after the first part of it, he deals with anger, he deals with lust, he Mm. deals with divorce, he deals with oaths, he deals with retaliation or revenge, he deals with loving your enemies, he's dealing with giving to the needy, he's giving with how to pray, he's giving with how to fast, he's giving with laying up treasures in heaven, he's dealing with anxiety. He is dealing with judging others. He's dealing with um, asking in unbelief and how we should ask in belief. He's dealing with the golden rule. He's dealing with trees, trees and its fruit. He's dealing with the um, people who say and they know him but don't know him. They're dealing. He's dealing with building your house on the rock, and then he's dealing with the authority of his name. Like that's just Sermon on the Mount, which is the Sermon on the Mount, his probably most in-depth, prolific sermon that we have a record of. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all that, that's just dealing with that. Everybody wants the the speaking in tongues. Everybody wants the prophesying. Everybody wants the great services. Everybody wants that, but nobody wants to deal with the lust. Nobody wants to deal mm. with the anger. Nobody wants to deal with giving to the needy. Nobody wants to deal with all that because those are things that's not um, fancy and sure. spectacular. Those are the things that are um, behind the scenes and uh, takes you out of the picture and starts to get you past your own desires and mm. Um, you know, I don't, I think the word is the thing we've stayed away from, but it's really the thing that changes us mm-hmm. because he's given us his absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And it's even when we get revelation, even when we get the rhema word, it's got to line up with the logo. It's got to line up with the written word. It has to. And that's what Jesus is saying there. If you follow my word, because what's Jesus basically doing when he speaks He's speaking scripture. He's making scripture at that point. And I know we got to take a break. So, um, but it's that that's going to set us free. It's the word that sets us free. It's not your ability to preach it. It's not your ability to articulate. It. It's just the word. And a lot of times I just read the word and the word is what sets us free. And uh, it challenges us because our the world tells us in a fallen state, be angry at your enemies. Um uh, get back at them because you need revenge. You need to make equal. They deserve it. And yet mm. the word speaks a different word. That's and true. that's not always easy to hear mm-hmm. because, um, you know, the two things that I wish the Lord would have left out in the Sermon on the Mount is fasting. And oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm true. Just being honest and loving your enemies. Cause it's not always easy. Uh, mm. 
And so, all right, well, we got to take a break. We're going to read our first trivia question. Then we're going to come back here in just a minute with that surprise. Amen. All right, Monday, uh, Wednesday question, whatever it is. Um, Wednesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What cousin of Saul was commander of the king's troops? What cousin of Saul was commander of the king's troops? 270-257-2689. Call in, get your name in for this two-week drawing here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We got an answer yet, Mariah? No answer yet. So let me read that question one more time here. Wednesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What cousin of Saul was commander of the king's troops? What cousin of Saul was commander of the king's troops? Now we have our surprise coming up here for those who's wondering what the surprise was. Um, Hannah is pregnant. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh my no, I'm just, I am just kidding. All right. Uh, no, we are, we're really excited to announce this. We have finally, now we're not going to be able to officially launch it maybe till tomorrow or Friday. So one of those two days we are going to get you, um, we're going to get it right. Um, is the new app is about to launch. And so we are doing some uh, upgrades on the streaming. So if you're struggling with the app right now, I apologize. It's um, We've been upgrading a little bit, so just hang in there with us. The stream is going to be much clearer, and it's already sounding clearer. Um, but we have not launched the new app yet officially. So starting tomorrow or Friday, we're going to start telling you how to get the new app. Um, and so it's it's going to be awesome. Um, we, I mean, we have it already, but it's not ready to be released. And so me and Hannah has been working on it, trying to get it done. Um, it's going to have, I'm looking at it right now. And again, just be patient with us another day or two. And then we're going to explain everybody to get it. It's not as simple as just going to the app stores and putting it in box two, but it's, it's like an extra step and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once it's there, it's there. All right, so you don't have to do that step and a half every time. It'll just be pushing on the icon just like you do the other one. And on this, you'll have the opportunity to listen to it live. Uh, well, you'll have a link for the events calendar. So if you want to know what's going on, literally you just push the calendar and it's going to tell you the events is going on that we're mm-hmm. announcing. Um, it's going to have the podcast for the morning show and um, – it's going to be there, so you just press the link, right, Hannah? And yeah, you just press the link, and we're going to have some different ones on there. Mornings with Box 2 will you know, be the broadcast, and then we'll have Bethel um, sermons mm-hmm. posted, too, because there's been a lot of people asking um, for some of the recent ones, so we're just going to go ahead and make a spot on this app for that for anyone who can't be with us here and wants to listen to yes. uh, Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to put, we'll have um, Todd Mingus's Hope for Today on there for those in Honduras and other areas that may not be able to listen to 91.5 because they're not here, um, <laughs> but they can listen through podcasts and stuff to that extent. And we really appreciate the bilingual and yes. the opportunity for that. So, so right now, I mean, we'll have different, um, we'll have a few of them. We're not going to, of course, have everybody on the podcast thing because we don't have the ability to keep up with every single broadcast we do, by no means. But we'll have a few opportunities for you there. Of course, Bethel Sermons, 
Um, mornings with box two. Hope for today's three. That's going to be on there to start out with, and we're going to add a few more, but not too many because we don't want to over. Um, we're we don't have a twenty people staff where one person's just responsible for podcasts. We have uh, <laughs> we we have we have a lot of duties, and so uh, um, so we're just going to stick to a few of them. But it's really awesome because no more is it going to the web page or anything like that. And the thing I like. Um, now the podcast will still be on the webpage. Like we'll still be on Podbean, which basically, um, I don't know if everybody knows this. We haven't talked about in depth because we've been trying to prepare all this and, and really take it to the next level with the podcast and other things. But I think the morning broadcast is available on, um, Hannah, you know this better than I do cause you did it. Yeah. Um, so on this graphic that we have and we post on Facebook, it does uh, put Apple Music on there, but we're working with Apple Music because they also they have a logo thing that is not worked out. They they have some different requirements than every other um, platform, so that one's still in the works. But every other, so Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, the actual Podbean um, streaming app, they have their own app. Um, and then uh, there's there's a few more that aren't on the graphic. FM player, FM radio, um, and there there's maybe one more that I can't think of. But basically, um, you can go to any of those and just search Box 2, and you'll be able to find our podcast on all of those streaming. And I know a lot of people use Spotify, and a lot of people use Apple Music. So those are kind of two of the biggest listening, you know, streaming um, apps. But it's everything is on Spotify. Um and we're still we're working on the Apple podcast because they just they have some different requirements for their it's a picture their picture yeah <laughs> and I've given them the right pixel <laughs> but anyways so we'll have the podcast right there mm-hmm. um, and we share that on Facebook too so like if you go to Box Two's Facebook and we've shared some of those already if you just click on what we share you can go right to listening to it all you have to do is click it on Facebook and you can go right to listening to it on Podbean so that's pretty cool. And then we have this little icon that if you're wanting to call in on the trivia question you're listening in the morning and you have the app open, you can just press call us and it will just call us. <laughs> um, how cool is that? Uh, also, there's going to be a Bible on there. So you can have a Bible right on the app. You don't have to get back to that. It It is the ESV. Um, now, we didn't do that on purpose. It's just the ESV is what they give us. And if um, so... I, I mean, I was really happy about it, but some people's not. But it is the ESV version. It's good. And then there's a giving option that for those who want to give, you can just go straight to giving, and you don't have to go through anything else. You don't have to sign anything. You just good. But this is this is the last thing. that's really cool. Um, now there's some other things that's going to be happening on there because it's a big, it's a big app. But um, another thing that we're really excited about is on this app is a prayer wall, mm-hmm. and so you can go on there and you can post prayer request on this prayer wall and so on wednesday mornings now not this one but starting next wednesday should be up and running is um you'll be able to post your prayer on the prayer wall for the live 30 minute season of prayer and so it could be you can just post it it'll open up immediately basically also though whenever you post a prayer request like um we did one for us just to make sure it's gonna go right but we can interact with that prayer Mm-hmm. So if you're on the app and you see Jacob post a prayer request, you're able to go on there and say I'm praying, or you can put a prayer on there. Um, you can comment on the prayer request, and so I think that's really cool. It's going to yeah. be a it's a very interactive prayer wall. Yeah, you yeah. can you know 
Jake is going like to give it. to us. Go and give us hundred dollars. See how that goes. <laughs> make sure, make sure the giving works, <laughs> Jacob. All right. <laughs> I can. Uh, but yeah, you can like it. So like, I'm looking at the prayer right now, and you can, you know, click that you're praying just by liking it, and you don't even have to comment. But if you would like to comment and have something encouraging to say, you can put comments on each one. So it's, it's cool, cool that you can even it gives you your giving history. Yeah, so be able to track that. You can. It's it's a pretty extensive app. And so we're excited. Again, probably, I would say realistically to be Friday. We'll talk about it again tomorrow. And Friday we'll start telling you how to get to it because it is it is one extra step. So you got to download something. And then in when you download that one program, on the, it's an app. When you download one app, you just search Box 2. Mm-hmm. And then once you get Box 2 as the one you want, you don't have to keep doing that. It just, when you press the icon, just Box 2 comes up. So you don't. It's only a one-time thing, mm-hmm. and we are going to make it available for anybody that does, you know. If Heather says I'm very technology um, illiterate, and uh, <laughs> yes. I, I choose to be that way. Um, <laughs> I used to be very techno-savvy, and I choose not to now. Because you know what I learned? The more techno-savvy you are, the more people is expecting you to do stuff. So, um, That's true, too. So I just choose not to know techno- technology. But if you are one who say, well, I don't know if I can figure that out, we'll just – Next time you're by the station or if you go to church here, just find me or Hannah and we can get on your cell phone and matter. We can easily do it in a few seconds. Yeah, um, so you don't have to worry about it no more. Yeah. And, yes, it is available on Android, Apple. Um, you'll be able to do either one of them because I do realize our old app was not working on some newer Androids. Hmm. It's a new system, and so we're this should fix all of that. Like, yeah. Um, Actually, one of the few things we're waiting on is the person, the company who built the app for us. Now, they built it. We had to edit it. So we're, they just built it, and we had to put everything in there. So that's what's been taking us a little bit to do it. But um, they still haven't fixed our icon image. So it's still, we still wait for the Box 2 logo mm-hmm. to get on the icon for the. So we're excited. We're really excited for it. We think it's going to serve the body of Christ in great ways. And um, you're going to. You're going to hear a difference in quality of sound. You're going to be um, – the the prayer wall is one of my favorite because it's very interactive, and I think the body of Christ and the, the family of God can be served very well through that and how we can pray for each other. Um, we had, did have an answer for the trivia question. Megan Sosh got it right. Now, Joey Sosh tried to answer it, but Mariah had to tell him his wife beat him to it. Um, so Joey got beat by his wife. I love it, Megan. Congratulations. Um <laughs> I hope you're smiling now that you beat Joey. And so what cousin of Saul was commander of the king's troops? Abner, 1 Samuel 14, 50. So I'm so sorry, Joey, that you did not make it. But I still love you. Uh, That's funny. All righty. Well, we did have, um, Hannah, there was a lot of, I, I thought more about this whole covetous issue that we was talking about yesterday in the last section that was not playing because our guest didn't call. Uh, oh yeah, and so we—I know we kind of went into that discussion, and I was listening to some other stuff the other day too. Actually, yesterday in the the mower when I was mowing, <laughs> and it, it's—I think it's a—I think it's a topic that's pushed harder than we even pushed yesterday. Like we unpacked it for a little while, but I think there's more to unpack in that because I think we we talked a little bit about the the money side of it and mm-hmm. and material things. And we talked a little bit about being jealous over each other's giftings and mm-hmm. callings and purposes. And I think that I think there's those are the broad spectrums. Mm-hmm. And we started to get into details a little bit. But I think it's something that 
we really do have to guard our hearts against. Mm -hmm. And and I started to think about this even more. I think we have to guard our hearts against um, revelations and prophecies and also um, I want to say this the right way is we have to make sure that I think it's bigger than giftings and callings. I think it's personalities. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, like I'll never, I'll never be able to talk with a radio voice like some other people have. And I got to be cautious not to covet that because what will happen then is I'll be more consumed with trying to sound like somebody else than I am about being, about releasing the sound that the Lord has given me to release. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like we're probably a lot more covetousness in the body of Christ than we probably ever realized. And I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I really thought about that in depth until we started talking about this yesterday. And then I was listening to some more other, I was listening to some other things. And um, actually, I listened to a whole sermon yesterday on the spirit of mammon and what mm. it does to you and the money and the control. And um, actually, since then, I have been working on a sermon in my head now everybody knows me when i say i'm working on a sermon i'm not a 15 note page note preacher so that's not my working my working's in my head and i just filter through everything and start to remember but this sunday lord willing i always bite myself whenever i say i'm gonna preach a certain thing but i'm actually going to teach on the system of babylon sunday morning and Amen. preach on it and how and like the lord just really started to download a lot of stuff during that and how much that system is controlling us and we don't even realize we're in the system. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you, Aaron. Because mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this. Oh, wait, covenants. Um, Jacob, do you think he coveted to have the blessing? Well, I mean, I think he definitely wanted it. I mean, he tricked and, his father. Yeah, into I mean, I think it. Him. I think it had him. I mean, it was it was it was premeditated, like what him and his mommy did. Yeah, mommy. But don't do you not believe that? He knew that that was Jacob, though, when he blessed him. Honestly, yeah, no, because of the the arms and stuff. You know, I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I think Jacob did a really good job at covering himself. Yes, and I, as far as I can really understand, Jacob was pretty much near blind at that point. He really couldn't see. He was on his deathbed, mm. and I don't know if he could. Op- I don't know if it was he's blind or he just couldn't open his eyes or whatever it was. But I think, um, I think Jacob dressed up just like Esau. And I think that he even smelled like Esau. He even, you mm. know, he went out there and had the scent, had the arms. He was an imposter, and he received the the firstborn blessing. You talking about Isaac was on his deathbed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said Jacob. Oh, I'm. Well, I meant. Yeah, I knew we, what you meant. Yeah, sorry. I just want to clarify that. So I, I really don't think he knew. I think mm. that Isaac really did was convinced that Jacob was Esau. But it seems like Jacob's whole life, though, he was going to refuse to not get this blessing even you know even at the when he came out of the womb i've heard people say he was clinging to the heel that the heel wouldn't crush his head mm-hmm. have you heard of that i haven't heard that but that he had his hand upon because he wasn't going to i mean he him. did have his hand upon he was trying to i mean if, if they had a, if they had a little bit farther away to go then he probably would try to get in front of him <laughs> yeah it's oh, like yeah. he was trying to pull him back get out of my way I'm yeah uh, he's like hold up hold up brother this is mine this i want that blessing I love that story, though. I mean, he he was going after God. He was going to get the blessing from God. He was going to get the blessing from his father. He was going to get the blessing some way, somehow. It was his tenacity to get that blessing. Well, I think it started to shift, though, some in Jacob's life. Like, 
I think his I think his heart and his motives will start to change. Yeah. And um because the original time with Esau and Jacob, it I don't know if it was really like a pure motivation. I think he, I think he was I think he just like he coveted, he wanted it. He yeah. was jealous for it. it him and his mom was able was willing to do anything to get it. Like mm. they were willing to lie, manipulate, cheat. True. And then whenever he wrestled with the angel of the Lord or wrestled changed with God him. that night, like, you know, it changed him. It moted him. And that's when the name change started to happen. That's whenever True. you know, that's whenever things started to shift in his motives, his heart, his desires, everything started to shift at that moment. And you can see how what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for True. his good. Um, because at the end of the day, if you go back to Romans nine, he talks about Esau and Jacob. I've loved, uh, I mean, Jacob, I loved Esau. I hated it. And it was either before either did good or bad. So God in his sovereignty knew exactly what was going to happen yeah. in Romans chapter nine. It's all there. And that's, you know, that's one of the verses a lot of people have a hard time dealing with. Um, oh, yeah. but I think that I honestly think that Jacob is an example and a shadow of Israel. Yeah. And because Israel was at this place where they were not always perfect. But they were called. So, what do you think the limp was over? Um, it was just. I think the limp was a my personal thing. I've heard a lot of people say it. I think it resembled more of a memorial stone for Jacob more than anything. It was a yeah. reminder. Mm-hmm. It was a reminder, just as it was almost a humbling thing, yeah. um, because Paul said that Paul kind of alluded to the same thing when he had a thorn in the flesh. He's given you give me a messenger to buffet me, but that messenger was also his humbling face. True. And so I think I, the Lord kept him in check. I, that's what I thought the thorn would have been too. So. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, one listener says his mother coveted the blessing to give to Jacob, and she persuaded him to do things that he'd done along with him also wanting the blessing. I don't disagree with that. I think that the mother was a major instigator in this, just mm-hmm. like, and I think that's a representation for Israel, how others had come in and drew them away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why the father was so per. The Lord really did, like, he wasn't telling them to kill kill everybody and have no spoils of war, basically, for the sake of trying to be harsh or he hated people. He was trying to keep Israel pure. Mm. And Jacob's mother is an example and a shadow, I believe, of people that's coming in and leading Israel astray. The problem is, though, you can't just put all the responsibility on the one leading astray because at the end of the day, Jacob made the decision. Just like True. Israel can't blame the Philistines and Israel can't blame the Hittites and the Gezerites and, and the um, Castleites and all these people. Yeah. I mean, I'm just making up names at this point. <laughs> all right, there's no Castleites. Um, but Israel may have been tempted by those, True. but Israel made the decision. So I, in the story of Jacob and his mother, his mother may have instigated, his mother may have convinced him or persuaded him but at the end of the day, he still allowed himself to be deceived. Yeah. Well, just like David. David coveted that man's wife. What he did to do it, what he did to get the man's wife was, uh, it, the I believe, the repercussions of covetousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lost a lot over yeah. after going after his wife, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. got Ms. a man killed. Miss Gale actually just said Rebecca was, a, was an instigator here. Um, she also paid the price for not being able to be with her favorite son for the rest of her life. There is always a price of her sin. That's the mom too. Hmm. Um, so yeah, good good interaction. Um, Miss Gale also said in one of Wilkerson's sermons, he said he wished the message God wanted him to bring wasn't so heavy, hmm. but he was going to be true to what God wanted him to Amen. share. True. And so yeah, it's it's really good stuff coming out this morning. And 
Um, you know, and we've got to be careful not to covet each other's blessings ourselves. And we need to learn to celebrate each other's blessings. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if, um, and I, I've kind of seen this, like, I, and in my own life, I think we probably all would be guilty of having the propensity, even if we didn't, even if we didn't walk in it, there was those fiery darts that came at us of like, you've been in this walk for 20 years yeah. and somebody's been in there for five years and they get this tremendous blessing and you're sitting here for 20 years saying, Lord, I've been doing this for 20 years. They've been doing it for five sure. and you bless them with that. Hmm. We're in essence the, the older son, like at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this stuff is available to us, but it's different. Yeah. It's different blessings. Yeah. And we don't learn to be content with what God's blessed us with. We're always looking for somebody else's blessing. Do you think we're seeing the repercussions from covetous for years and years and years? I mean, you look like men wanting to try to be women. Well, I, I think, mean, well, I mean, you see it because covetous, what it does, it's a sin that affects the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it changes. It, I feel like it changes people. It changes them for the worse. Sure it does. And, you know, and, and, and give or take Jacob, I believe, turned it around. But at the same time, that seed from his mother was sold into him. Yeah. And God had to break that. So. Well, the, the start of covetous was really in the garden. That's true. If you go back yeah. to it. Because whenever the Lord cursed Eve, he said that your desire will be for your husband. Now, some people think that means like a desire of intimacy or the desire of this. It's not what that means. In the Hebrew, it's saying... Your desire, your anger, your resentment, your bitterness is going to be against your husband. Mm. Your hostility. Actually, that word I think is best defined as hostility. And what is that saying? It's saying at the garden is whenever hostility between men and women and the eagerness to be each other started. Wow. Mm -hmm. So your, your hostility for you being the woman and him being the man, that's a curse of the fallen nature. Do you think it could have been covetousness started even when... He tempted her of the one hundred percent because he's like you can be oh you can know everything if you eat this apple you know yeah well I mean or yeah but apple fruit, well sorry. there was a covetousness because well for the one I think Satan wanted to deceive manipulate and I think Satan for himself was trying to get a people yeah I think he wanted to lead people astray I think he wanted people to True. worship him and serve him and so um I think covetousness and lust goes hand in hand True I could. Definitely. I think they all have tendency to to correlate with each other. I mean, I think they... But lust doesn't always have to be... Lusting is can be after anything. True. Yeah. Lusting doesn't always have to be, like, sexual lusting, you know? True. Yeah. After anything. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they really do go hand in hand because yeah. it's like the coveting comes first, but then when once you dwell on it and yeah. dwell on it, then the lust comes. It's the second thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hannah, you read that second trivia question for us and take us out for break for a second. All right. So our second second trivia question is, where did the men of Judah gather to anoint David as their king? Again, where did the men of Judah gather to anoint David as their king? All right. We'll be right back after the break. All right, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Um, we are talking about <laughs> covetousness. All right. Um, how's that, Hannah? Is that better? 
Covetousness. I'll, I'll wait for Renee to, to. How's that, Renee? Miss Renee. <laughs> All right. She's. Um, the thing is, I can spell it, but I just was not saying it right at all. Covetousness. Covetousness. I knew it, but I was afraid I would butcher it. I, I blame Jacob. <laughs> Covetousness. Um, Covetousness. <laughs> Covetousness. Is that? I hope that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. right. All right. All right. So we can spell it. We just. Hey, I told you all. I need. I'm not a professional speaker. Um, let's see here. I'm. Running through all my texts. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Miss Scale said, this shows us to guard our hearts, like you were saying, even from those we love. Rebecca thought she was making her son's life better and was instead leading him astray. She planted a seed that was so desirable for Jacob and hard to resist because he trusted his mother. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of truth in that statement, Miss Scale. Thank you so much for sending it in. And we must guard our hearts. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, uh, my heart needs to be guarded by the Holy Spirit and the Word of mm -hmm. the Lord. And um, and I think sometimes now I don't think Rebecca necessarily had a lot of good intent. I think she just wanted the blessing for her son. But even sometimes people around us who have good intent and good motivation and good purposes can still say the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And so we are to seek wise counsel. Proverbs and Proverbs pretty persistent on that. But if that wise counsel ever ever gives you permission to not follow the word, it's not wise counsel. Mm -hmm. And whether it was given with a good intent, good heart, whatever, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if my counsel leads you away from the word of God, I have failed to give you good counsel. Yeah. Um, I may have given you. Good counsel, but maybe not godly counsel. Maybe that's even better terminology. But as in the day, everything that I lead you in, Hannah leads you in, your mom leads you in, Jacob leads you in, and what am I saying leading? I'm not talking about they're the, we're your leaders. I'm saying if we say something to you, we're leading you somewhere. That's the intent of a conversation is to lead you somewhere, to take us both there, to realize, to understand something. The reason we communicate is so we can understand better, so we know what you have, what each other's thinking, what each other believes, how each other's doing. Like that is the content, that is the actual intent of communication, is to move forward with something. Whether that's mm -hmm. belief, understanding, what's going on, we want to learn something we did not know previously. That's the intent of any communication. Mm -hmm. And so, what we're leading people into should always come back to what Jesus said in John chapter 8 we just covered is the truth. And we should always guide people with the truth. And our words yeah. should be pure, and our words should be holy, and our words should be profitable, and our words should be edifying. And one day we've always got to remember, I mean, I need to remember the scripture because sometimes I just do way too much joking. I get it. But we're going to answer for every idle word. And I don't think that's necessarily mean we can't joke. I heard I did hear a preacher one time say we're not allowed to have a sense of humor or joking because that's an idle word and that's not. I don't think that's what he's saying. Um, for one, I love to laugh and I think Jesus laughs. Um, but I agree. but at the end of the day too, if all I do is idleness and I never have intent of edification and truth with my words, I'm wasting. Mm -hmm. And I think that we will answer for wasted words eventually. Yeah. And the Lord says, I've given you this amount of words to speak in your life and you wasted them. Wow. And so I think there's always a thought pattern behind that. It's not saying that you're never allowed to joke. It's not saying you're never allowed to 
crack a smile. It's never saying you're never allowed to talk about basketball. I think the I think what the Lord is saying there with the idle word is we have so many words of our life we're going to say. He knows. Like he knows the amount of words Jacob Swift will use in his lifetime. Oh my goodness, there ain't enough. He knows. <laughs> But and, there ain't enough words in the world. He said. And everybody knows how much Jacob Swift talks. But one time, there's going to come a day when Jacob gives an account for how he uses words. Yeah. And are we talking and are we communicating in such a way with others that we will be glad to give that account? Yeah. See, I believe this is where fear of the Lord comes in. Now, not fear that like makes you in a state of panic every day, but fear of the Lord of like being aware of the Lord, like having reverence for the Lord, yeah. honoring the Lord with everything we do, doing everything to the glory of God. Because, you know, we just knowing that he's there, we can't just act like he's not there <laughs> when yeah. we're talking. It's not like you're going to go up to Jesus and he's like, you're my homeboy, Jesus. That's not how we approach the Father. You know, it's more he's, like we was talking earlier, he's holy. Yeah. You reverence who he is. And it's not just a, um, like me coming to Aaron or you in in the day. And I mean, I, I believe we can approach Jesus like it, but I also think it's the fear of reverencing who he is. And he mm-hmm. is he is he is the loving the the friend that sticks closer than a brother, but at the same time he is just kind of like I guess if you did something wrong with your dad or or your mom or whatever, you'd be like, oh no, I got to go answer to them. You know, I've got to, I'm going to be in trouble. I got to go answer to them. And, that, and I don't want people to look at Jesus like he's always there to whip you, but he does chastise. And I think we forget about that sometimes. He does chastise us, and it's all for our good, though. I mean, I do think um, it would be profitable to do like a study, maybe on Wednesday nights or something. I don't know, um, on like the character of God and like the but character yeah. of Jesus in the, in the scriptures, um, and just because I think that's a problem. Like, yeah. people don't know who the character. So yeah. it's kind of hard to view someone or have an idea of somebody if you the, don't know their The character. two series she's asked for, I did right before she came <laughs> on some Wednesday nights. Because uh, we did do those. They really? are um, in, well, I've done those in the youth. Actually, I always say I was the worst youth, worst youth pastor. <laughs> worst youth pastor ever. Is that right, Jacob? That's Thank right. You. That's right. Don't covet my uh, <laughs> <laughs> ability to mispronounce <laughs> words. All right. Uh, how's I'm, that, Miss Renee? In the same boat. All right. So that that usage is is easy. It's just covet. Don't covet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got to rebuke covetedness. Um, but I was the worst youth pastor ever because I didn't do games. I honestly didn't. I never went against games. I just that was not my style. Like, I didn't know. I wasn't good at them. And um, and so literally. We went every Wednesday night, and we taught for over an hour. I mean, straight. Like, this wasn't like um, – sometimes we – I think one time – there was a couple of times we hit two hours teaching, and we did – I mean, it was not like um, – Kids need that, though. It wasn't weak teaching. Like, this was – actually, I pretty much took them through systematic theology. <laughs> and we went from four kids to, I think, a couple of nights we hit 70-something, 60-something. And they just kept coming back, and they kept coming back with questions, and they kept coming back with answers. And um, I mean, we covered, and we took one—it's almost a year—we worked through the attributes of God and who He was, 
We talked about the communicable, which means it's attributes that we can share with them. We talked about the incommunicable ones that we can't. For example, we can share love with him, but we cannot share all power or mm-hmm. omnipotence. We can't share yeah. omniscience, which means all-knowing. We can't yeah. share omnipresence everywhere. Yeah. So there's some attributes about him we can share, and there's some attributes we can't share. And, uh, you know, once we understand who he truly is, there's a quote by A.W. Tozer. I wish I had that book in front of me because I would love to quote it. But he basically says in The Knowledge of the Holy, and uh, he basically says this, the, the thing that's wrong with the church is we don't have a right view of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and we're not saying that we... Um, <clears throat> It's not opinion. It's just what the word says about him. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say the church is broken beyond repair, but we have we have areas that we can we can move forward in. Uh, again, when 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 I talk about and this is me, I can't speak for anybody else. When I talk about ways the church can improve or the way the church can be uh, moved forward, it's not a condemnation. It's an invitation. Mm-hmm. And because I love the church, now I, I really do think some people there's some leaders that are just so burned out that they don't love the church anymore Mm. and i'm not trying to be mean i'm not Mm. saying they don't love jesus i'm just saying they just got to where they're just burned and they've been abused they've been misused and and they're kind of at this point and if you're one of those leaders you can't be there you can't stay there you're going to stay in that cave like elijah did for way too long yeah and elijah got into an area of depression there in first kings and the lord didn't rebuke him. The Lord didn't condemn him. The Lord just basically let him out of it. Yeah. Um, and whatever, for those leaders right now that may be listening and you're in a cave and you're depressed, don't put condemnation on you. No. It's an invitation to come out of the cave because you're not the only one left. Amen. Yeah. And that's what the enemy would love because depression and oppression is basically the enemy pressing down saying nobody loves you, nobody wants you, nobody's with you, nobody's walking, you're by mm-hmm. yourself, and you're not. And... The enemy would love to keep you in that cave because he keeps you isolated. And if he can keep you isolated, he can keep you beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, can that be come back to who we have in our boat, too, at the same time? I mean, I understand leaders there, but I think we need to surround ourselves with people who are like-minded in a sense that we're after the Father. Yeah. And we're they're going to edify me. They're going to build me up. It's like building a great council of, of men and women around you that can— help you especially when and i think that's a lot of uh, i think a lot of why people get burnt out too is it, they look at they go into a place where they lose their love for what they're the passion that they have and and there might be people around you who are beating you down and that you need to get out of your boat you need mm-hmm. to cut them off i know that sounds bad but that doesn't mean you don't be there for them there's a difference in being there for them and them being in your boat mm-hmm. and it's like so i think that Surrounding yourself with people who can edify you, build you up, people who can give you truth, shoot shoot straight with you, and, and help you account be accountable to, mm-hmm. and that's where I believe that when we get back to that accountability and holding each other responsible, not in a sense where you're doing this wrong, you need to do this, but it's like, hey brother, you know, uh, I think you you, you 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 might need to step away for a little bit. You know, you can, it's it's like, I know Kirsty gets mad at me sometimes. She goes, I do not know how you and Aaron are friends, the way you all talk on the phone sometimes. <laughs> and I said, well, I just don't patty cake. You don't patty cake me. We, we sharpen each other. We're always uh, picking each other's brain most of the time. Um, 
but you know that but i believe that's to me i could see the disciples doing the same thing yeah. i mean yeah and, yeah when he calls me with his new conspiracy theory i'm like oh no just throw it at me <laughs> throw hey, it at me hey josh and katie's probably listening they, they done said oh and listen a little bit to some of this oh but. my gosh nope one ear out the other <laughs> <laughs> all right now i mean well i mean um i think it's i think it's all important i think it's and i think that elijah was in a place where he was he was isolated and when you're isolated, you don't have anybody speaking truth to you. You just have the enemy speaking lies. Yeah. yeah. And so that's I think that's where Galatians six one comes in. Him who has fallen from spirituality, him who is him who is spiritual, restore such a one back to spirituality with a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's where the body of Christ should be. I think now I I don't know if you all ever like to be disciplined. I've never really met anyone who just loved to be disciplined. Uh-uh. Um, but I think that we've like lost the importance of discipline like in our culture. Like we just view it as a bad thing. And as a child, like it's hard to view it as a good thing. Like when you're a child, but like we are still, we're to be as like a child in the kingdom, a child of, we're a child of God. Um, and so I think whenever he disciplines and like whenever he uses other people to like sharpen us and call out things and, um, speak truth to us that will discipline us, it, we have to know. We have to realize that it's out of love. Yeah. Like the Lord wouldn't discipline churches. He wouldn't be calling out things that you know that aren't right in churches if he didn't love the church. Yep. He wants a bride. Like, and so we have to stop. I think sometimes we think that, you know, we we kind of tippy toe around things or like sugarcoat things because we don't want people to to think that we're coming at them too hard. And, but you'll be yeah. able to tell if someone's coming at you too hard. Yeah. Cause if you're saying it out of a place of love, you'll always be able to tell True. if it's coming out of a place of love mm-hmm. because it's not condemnation whenever it's coming out of a place of love. And I just, I know that the reason why like the Lord is and Holy spirit is highlighting so many things right now in the church. It's not to, to push us down. Cause that's what the enemy wants to do is push us down, uh, tear us down. But he wants to build us up to the highest, like to the best function functionality to the best capacity that the church can be not for ourselves but for the world so that Mm. we can burn brighter in the world so i think the discipline like we need to realize why the lord disciplines us and why he corrects us and turns us and in the direction that he wants us to go in is because he knows how great he created us to be like he knows the potential that the church has if we're actually coming together in unity um and seeking him Mm. in all things I think we have to realize that um, discipline is not just solely punitive or punishing. It's correcting. Mm -hmm. And if I discipline my kids, whatever it looks like, Uh whatever kind of discipline it is, with just the sole intent to punish, it's not discipline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because discipline should be correcting. Yeah. There should be a change that comes from it. And... And so I think sometimes we think of it as just as punitive. And as believers, the discipline is for conviction. Mm-hmm. And it's driven out of conviction so that we may continue to grow in holiness. Yep. And we may continue to grow in grace. And we can grow in mercy. Mm-hmm. And it's always for the advancement of who we are in Christ. Yeah. And so um, I, I agree. And um, But if it's solely just punishment, that's a different question. Like, mm-hmm. and... And so I think we have to understand exactly what correction is, what conviction yeah. is, um, what it is the Holy Spirit's trying to do in us. Mm-hmm. And um, we always think of 
discipline just as forcefulness too. It's it's not. Sometimes Mm-mm. the discipline is just a sit down with dad and say, hey, we're going to talk. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Let's move forward. You know, yeah. let's not do this again. And so. Well, I mean, could you even say that some forms of what people think as discipline is more abuse than anything because they're abusing their power mm-hmm. or they're abusing their authority. They're not seeing godly discipline. That's, That's the problem. In homes in America, I mean, there's not really been – the enemy has tried to attack the family. You yeah. Know? So, like, we have to look at this book. We have to look at the, the truth, the word for everything yeah. in our life. And whenever there's not, you know, a godly discipline, yeah. you've never seen godly discipline. It's hard to see God. True disciplining and in the right way well it's kind of like um i think people don't get this but when i dis when i discipline my kids it hurts me just as much as it hurts them Mm -hmm. but i know that's what's best for them because i know that's what god wants you know it's kind of like hey you're and it may just be the very well hey your friends are not coming over this week Mm -hmm. you know and uh or you know it may be a whooping you know it may be something that you know it just i don't think that when God whoops us, we think you shouldn't look at him as like he hates me. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's he loves you and it pains him just as much to chastise us as it does us as in, in a sense, because he loves us. Yeah. But at the same time, he knows what's best for yes. us. And I think, too, we forget the word discipline. Like it's not only used for punishment. No. It's used like like creating a discipline, like yeah. disciplining ourselves to like oh. be consistent and um, to to have a healthy habits and to um, create just healthy disciplines. And I think that's a lot of how the Lord deals with us as his children is he's like, I like you could choose this. You I'm giving you free will to choose this path, but why don't you choose this one? Mm. Like, why don't you choose this one that I'm putting here for you? Why don't you follow this word? Why don't, why don't you, you know, get up in the mornings with me or the evenings or whatever, you know, that's discipline right there. That is, it is. I mean, some of the greatest athletes have to be very disciplined in how, how they go about doing things. And, yeah. Um, I mean. That's something you, that I need. Like, I ask from the Lord because I feel like I've never been a very disciplined person. Um, but I've had friends that are so dis- disciplined. Like, I had a roommate in college. And she, I mean, got up at the same time, like, way before her classes started. Yeah. Same time every day I would see her reading her Bible. She made her coffee, read her Bible, and work out every single morning. But she then she went to work out on her tennis team. So, like, she didn't even have – that was just a personal workout time. Like, yeah. she didn't even have to do that. But she went the extra mile and did that before she even had to work out later and then work out again. True. And then she would, you know, have other, you know, ministry things where she read her Bible and did other things. But mm. she always made that a priority every single day. And I Amen. saw that in her. And I, I made sure to encourage her. I was like, that's so encouraging to me because I've never been a super disciplined person. But I strive to, to have that discipline and I ask the yeah. Lord to help me with it. So I think we've lost discipline a little bit. Yeah, I mean in the church. I think maybe um, <coughs> fast food restaurants maybe did that to us. <laughs> we just want to pull up to the drive-through, order what we want, and be giving it to us right then. You know, yeah. it's kind of like mm-hmm. I guess we want to be these great um, uh, believers who walk the earth that can quote the scriptures from front to back, and, but we just don't want to put the time into. Yep. To, to be like the forefathers. Or what the is one. Aaron's famous saying? Um, famous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's famous now. <laughs> what is it? Uh, we want the results of prayer and holiness with, without actually we, praying or being holy. <laughs> we want we want to rent 
That's what I've heard Aaron talking about that. Uh, the one minister, uh, they want to rent the anointing. We want the results without doing anything. Mm. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm just not trying to practice covetousness. Uh, <laughs> covetousness. I got it down now. All right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you all are saying. We do have a question that's come in the other day, and we have not got to it yet. And so I'm throwing it out there. In Matthew 5, 4, is Jesus talking about those who are repenting, mourning for their sins, or those who have empathy for others and pain? Um, sorry. Yeah, others' troubles and pain. So Matthew 5, 4, what's it say, Jacob? Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mm-hmm. I believe myself, and you all are welcome to disagree. It's okay. Um uh, I believe it's talking about people who's mourning over their own sin, the consequences of their sin, and longing, eagerly anticipating, looking for forgiveness and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's necessarily those who mourn for other people's. I think it's theirs. And I think blessed are those who mourn for their own conditions. And this would even be those who are walking with Christ. Because if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. So I'm not saying we're bound to sin. But if we sin, there should be a mourning over that sin. Yeah. Uh, my study Bible says whenever you uh, someone mourns for sin, they will be comforted with confession. Mm-hmm. Like when you confess your sins, you will find comfort after mm-hmm. confessing those yeah. sins. It's, it, <clears throat> there should be a heart. Con- like if you, if you can sin without any mourning or conviction, then I would quickly hit my knees and ask the Holy Spirit to come live in you. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you all, but when I sin... There's a uh, a grief. You like you're grieving the Holy Spirit. <coughs> yes, and there's a conviction. There's a correction. There's, um, but there's also a mourning to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a believer, as a son, I don't want to ever do something that offends my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever, and it's not out of the fear of punishment. It's out of the love. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there is a there is discipline. There is hundred. We just covered that. Like there's, but mine. There's an honoring. There's a respect, there's a fear, there's a love, there's all this incorporated. And now the fear of the Lord should keep you from from sinning. Mm -hmm. The beginning of all wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord, the the fear of discipline, the fear of I don't do I don't want to be on the bad side of him. Romans tells us, behold, the goodness and the severity of God. But whenever we if we do sin, let me make sure I clarify. If we do sin, though, I think there should be at that point. <laughs> yes, there should be a mourning. Um, yeah. Amen. So I think without a doubt, I think it's talking about people and their own sin. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's just over other people's sin. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we're going to take a break here. We still don't have a trivia. We don't have an answer for that second trivia question, right, Mariah? All right, so here we go. Let's read that one more time before the break. And Wednesday question number two, where did the men of Judah gather to anoint David as their king? Again, where did the men of Judah gather to anoint David as their king? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We're back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the... Let's see, where are we at here at the Box 2 Radio? We're here with Wardens of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio. I'm going to get it here in a minute. And so um, I've had about 100 text messages, it feels like, this morning. And 
80% of them pertaining nothing to the broadcast. So I've been filtering a whole lot this morning. I need like a button on my phone. This is what I need. I need somebody to make a button on my phone that basically allows me to not allow any message that doesn't pertain to the broadcast to come through to seven through nine. And so that's what I need. So somebody create, create that for me that I can just push a button. And the only thing it'd be, a, it's like a filter. The only thing that the only thing that come through is text pertaining to. I'm sure they have an app. Uh, well, there's two things: text pertaining to prayer request at 9:30 because I feel like that's a broadcast appropriate, mm-hmm. and for the actual broadcast. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> all righty. Um, so we've been talking a lot this morning about. Well, we talked a lot about a lot of different things per se. But I really feel like the stream of thinking is getting back to truth, getting back to walking consistently in his presence, growing, maturing, stretching. Um, Because honestly, I think that if you ask me what we could sum up everything we've talked about is the issue of spiritual maturity and starting to walk in Mm -hmm. maturity, starting to walk in consistency, starting to walk day to day as one mind, one accord with the word of God and with Jesus himself in the sense of this, that... Um, I've said this a lot when I'm preaching. Christians have become the most inconsistent people sometimes that I know. Yeah. One day they're burning. One day you don't even know if they're going to ever come back to church. One day they're on fire, and the next day they're off in la-la land. And you know how I know this? Because that's me. Um, And what we need to learn to do is walk in consistency. And I think maturity is consistency. I think the mark mm-hmm. of spiritual maturity is when we start to be consistent and mm-hmm. we, we stop being governed by our emotions. We stop being governed by what just we feel and we start being governed by truth and trust and faith. Mm. And I think that's whenever maturity really starts to happen because immaturity is just being governed by what we feel and what we see. Immature maturity is being governed by truth and what we don't see, and that is faith. And so I think if we're going to be mature people of Christ, then we are governed by truth in the Word. We are governed by trust and faith that God is who He says He is, and He's going to do what He says He's going to do, and He's going to be who He says He's going to be. And and regardless, of, we, we started this yesterday, regardless of what the facts say around us, the truth speaks a better word. Yeah. Amen. And so I may see the fact of the world's chaotic, but I see the truth of the long game. True. And sooner or later, all those facts are going to line up with the truth. I may see the facts of the doctor report. I may see the facts of the x-ray, but then we got to get to the truth. True. And which one am I having faith in? What I see or what I don't see? I mean, I guess you could say, like, the facts states that if you try to jump out of the boat or you try to put your foot in water, you're going to sink. But Jesus walked on the water. So mm-hmm. the truth was that he walked on the water, even though fact says that he would sink. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joey had a good statement. Learning when the fire needs to be stoked and when there needs to be put more wood on it comes in maturity. Mm. Mm. How to tend to the fire, what the fire needs. That's another aspect of maturity. Um, but if honestly, like if, if we had a, tr- like, I'll say it like this. If you have a person who goes to a local assembly, statistically speaking, 
a lot of churches and a lot of churches. And now here at, you know, actually it's, it's, it's kind of like this in a lot of, you have your core that's there a hundred percent. You have that wheel within the wheel, the church within the church. That's, that's going to be there. But on average, your person will only attend a church service once or twice a month. Hmm. That's on average. And your other ones are there 35 minutes late. Um, oh, my God. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right. Just jesting. Uh, but that used to be me my whole life. So it's okay. It seems like prophets are always late. So yeah. um, but what's that show? And then that's even if they show up at all. And then you say, well, that's Aaron. That's a church service. You know, and you know, this old phrase going to church doesn't make you a Christian no more than living in a garage makes you a car. <laughs> But the scripture says, "Not forsake not the assembly. And I think what it shows us is our hunger. Mm-hmm. Like, if I never go to church to be with the the, wor- the people of God, if I never go to church and hear the word of God, if I never go to church and worship with the saints, I think sometimes that's a reflection of my hunger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, it's a reflection on one of two things. It's either my hunger, or I'm going to say it like this, my hurt slash arrogance. Mm-hmm. It could be either one of those. Yeah. You could have an arrogant saying, no place is good enough for me to go to church because I'm going to feed myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you keep feeding yourself. But the problem with feeding yourself is there's no accountability to what you're eating. And and so, well, Aaron, what do you mean by that? I mean this, that if I sit there in a room and eat whatever I want for as long as I want, I will grow fat doing that. And I'll get unhealthy. Mm. And I'll get where it's literally... I get to determine what's best for me. Mm-hmm. So I get to nitpick what I do. I get to nitpick what I do. And I know when I go to the house of the Lord, whether I'm preaching or teaching or whatever, the Lord always used something for me to grow. And it's sometimes there's stuff said, there's stuff I say that I didn't even expect to say, but I know it's the Holy Spirit. And he's leading me to say it. And it's like, boom, like, you know, this is not the diet you want to have, <laughs> but this is the diet you need to hear right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And and I think we have to be careful that we're not so arrogant and self-righteous that we believe we don't need the church. Mm-hmm. And we also don't think that we're too hurt to ever go back to be with the church. I think all of those are incorporated in that. But I think that maturity starts to come whenever we start to walk in consistency. So it's not that I see Jacob on Tuesday and then I see him on Friday and I'm thinking, well, I hope he's the same Jacob he was on Tuesday because that was good. <laughs> and people kind of snicker at that. But how many yeah. times have we encountered I that? Know. I know. Like we walk into some, we yeah. don't know what version of them we're getting. That's true. Yeah. And and I'm I'm saying that to me. Like that's whenever maturity starts to come in, in our walk with mm-hmm. Christ is that we're just the same. We're yeah. we're yeah. we are walking consistently, consistently like. Jacob don't have to worry about getting a different errand on Friday. I'm not saying we're never going to be hurt. I'm not going to say we're never going to be, we're not going to have yeah. heartache. I'm yeah. not saying that. But I'm saying, like, if you can be somebody burning on Tuesday, wanting to talk about the things of the Lord, and then on Friday you're like, dude, I don't even want to hear that junk. Yeah. <laughs> like, just get away. Roller coaster. So the reason I'm, like, chuckling at that is because I know that that would never happen between you two. But the reason is because you all do life together. Yeah. But, like, you're not with each other every day. No. You talk on the phone. You, I mean, but you do life together, and that starts in, in church. Like, you, you do minute, you do, you're part of the body together. Yeah. And that's why. I agree. I mean, I think. If you have someone who you only see once a month, 
then it's kind of hard to know where you know know whether what you're gonna get. Yeah, but let's unpack that a little bit more. All right, let's unpack that. If I'm not saying that it's gonna be like you're gonna be happy all the time. Yeah. What what I'm wanting to put that more into the spiritual maturity at spiritually mature aspect is say on met in April, I see you in April, you're facing a trial, mm -hmm. but you're still faithful to the Lord mm -hmm. in May. You're happy. Everything's going great. You're faithful to the Lord in June devastation hits. You're still faithful to the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. Well, I'm not saying it's emotions are always no, the same. No. I'm saying it's your faith and your walk with God's always the same. You're continuing to be faithful. You know, I've been around Aaron for a long time. He's been my friend for a long time. Probably know him probably better than anybody other than his mom and his wife and his kids. But um, there was, you know, those times that he'll probably tell me stuff and we talk about stuff that we nobody else probably hears and talks about. Um, because we know each other. We know where we're coming from. You know, there might, he knows my heart. I know his heart. And I believe that's where the, the body has to get to is inner knitting our hearts together. Mm -hmm. And I know he's consistent in what he's doing. Even if he's going through something, I know where his heart is coming from. I know it's kind of like, I know exactly where, uh, where God has him, you know, and, and maybe the trial is pushing down on him, mm -hmm. but I know out of, out of his belly and where things are coming from, you know, so it's 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 like I, I think in the consistency part that um it's just keep keeping like quit being a roller coaster because mm -hmm. i've seen so many it's, i call it roller coaster christianity mm -hmm. people going up and down and up and down and, and you get stared up but then the the something a bus comes by and splatters water mud all over you and then you're just like you know you're done and, and I don't know. I mean, we need to get back to being dependable because, like, yeah. you you can depend on Aaron. Aaron can depend on you. I can depend on both of you. Um, and we need to get back to being dependable in in the body because, like, that's what you are when you're a family. Yeah. You should be dependable. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna come here. Like, I mean, we work together every day now, but you're not gonna come here expecting me to be happy every second of every day. Mm -mm. But <laughs> and I'm not gonna expect you to be happy every single Things day. Things happen. All right. Life's tough. But there is this expectation as being spiritually mature and growing yes. that there's always, even in unhappiness, we're still faithful to the mm -hmm. Lord. We're still devout. Yeah. We're, you know, even whenever um, people would come up to me and whenever me and Heather went through our situation just a couple of weeks ago. And I think in modern day Christianity, we're used to hearing stuff like complaining and whining and and I'm not saying that's bad. Like, there's times I feel, you know, well, I, it is kind of bad. It's a sin to murmur and complain. All right. But we're used to always like, yeah, I'm just mad. I'm, I'm this. And my response to people is, and it's not trying to boast. I'm not trying to boast myself up at all. It's it's not, that's not the intent. It's just where my heart was. was like, the Lord's really good. I don't understand what he's doing here, but I know he understands. Mm -hmm. And I see the faithfulness and everything he did. Was I hurt? Of course. Was I upset? Of course. But I can't let what I see dictate what yeah. I believe always. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I believe that's when spiritual maturity happens. That's when real faith happens. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I want to, oh, I don't want to use that word because it's going to sound bad. But I don't know any other words to do. I'm not convinced of your faith based upon your good times. Mm -mm. I'm persuaded of your faith based upon what's happening in the bad times. Yeah. 
who you are in the good time does not define you as much of who you are defines you in your bad times. And, and so that's what I tell myself. Like when we walk through that, those, that moment for me is like, Lord, this is really where I'm at with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't pretend because if you're, everything's going good, you're just like, Oh yeah, that's great. The bank account's full. My health's great. My kids are straight eight auto students. I get the bumper sticker. (laughs) We're killing it. Yeah. But then something happens. Where's your faith? Mm-hmm. And I think spiritual maturity and the marker of spiritual maturity is consistency. Yeah. And it's I'm consistently trusting him. I'm consistently walking with him. I'm consistently giving. I'm consistently um, seeking of ways to serve the kingdom. And I'm not letting just what I see dictate truth or feel or feel yeah. or. And this is a big one. People's going to hate this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always, you know, me and Dakota used to study the word a lot and together when we was over there, we talk, we dialogue and stuff. And I tell people all the time, your experience can never trump the scripture. Mm-hmm. You always have to make your experience fit scripture because mm-hmm. it, and honestly, I'm just going to call it out because I grew up here. I know I'm, I'm still pretty, pretty close to Pentecostal in a lot of areas, like in the sense of exuberance and giftings and all that. I'm not in the Pentecostal church anymore. Um, I always, I would always rather been called Pentecostal than charismatic. That's just me. Um, I feel like the charismatic movement went way off. That's just my opinion. This is not the box two radio. This is Aaron's, but I really, but I, I appreciate having a Pentecostal heritage because it is show me the things of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing the Pentecostal church did, and I think that we should always guard our hearts against is we let the experience we encountered in the church dictate and determine what Scripture is saying yeah. mm-hmm. and never let the Scripture determine and dictate what the experience is for. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be cautious of that, not just in the Pentecost, all areas of the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we have to really guard our hearts. And again, unintentionally, we're going back to John 8. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples. And if you continue in my word, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, if we go back to experience, I mean, you, you think about Peter. He could have, he by his experience, he should have never denied Jesus mm-hmm. by what he's seen and what he walked with him. But he did because his emotion took over, his fear took over, and he just flat out, you know, denied Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we've all been there. We've all had that moment where we're just not living up to that. We have our Peter moments, you know, we where we're denying Jesus sometimes. And, and I think in a sense that maybe it's something like uh, you get caught off guard by something and you just your your mind just flutters to like the worst thing. And we're like, hey, what about Jesus? You know, hey, he's the one who brings, you know, we, we get to that point where we feel like we're alone and, and we, we distance ourselves off sometimes and and then peter goes and and to me i mean to my what i read i feel like he felt sorry for himself because now he's just going back to his old ways he went back fishing again and Mm -hmm. i I denied jesus i can't believe i did that i'm done i'm no use to him anymore you know and then jesus comes and come on peter and and then that's where he come on he he came on it it was it was a reassurance that no matter what you did peter i still love you and you're still my disciple and i want you to walk with me Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and then he experiences transformation in the yeah. new, in the like rest of the New Testament. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've been a person that's dealt with that inconsistency, or maybe you never, I mean, experience does make things hard, but it's never an excuse not to let Jesus change the trajectory of your life. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is hard. Experience, like, if you never had an example, like, if you've never had a good community, if you've, like, never had anybody to walk alongside you and you, your parents were a roller coaster and your whole yeah. life has been a roller coaster, I mean, it is hard. It, it, there's nothing, that, but it's hard. Everyone has that hard life in different ways Mm -hmm. so we have to recognize that like that's why we have jesus he is the way the truth and the life his he said he makes us free um and so he can it's never too late to let to start letting him make make you free and let's push what you just said a little harder for those who have had that roller coaster because you know um i i don't ever hide the fact that my my relationship my dad was not great Mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. And I think that what we have to do is we can't see who, what we've encountered in life and expect that to be what life's like. Mm -hmm. That's what the enemy wants life like. But our, our responsibility as Christians is allow the Lord to do life like he's planned it for us. Yes. And we can't expect our experience to trump the scripture. So I know that's what scripture says, but real life's not like that. Sure. I've heard people say it. Mm. I've heard people say that. Well, I know that's what God wants, but real life's not like that. Mm-mm. Well, real life's supposed to be like that. Yeah. This is our hope. This is how uh, it's supposed to be. We're supposed to look to this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we can't let the fallen world, the cursed world, be the dictator of what life's supposed to be like. Yeah, that's we good. have to be pursuit mature and content and resolved on the fact that we're going to make our life as much by the grace of God as possible to look like the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, I mean, it goes back to that when the enemy comes in like a flood, he'll raise up a standard. We got to remember that the God factor, I used to remember this preacher talked about the God factor. You know, you're, he's talking about this kid. he, He wasn't doing good in school and he just was not, very smart i mean he just was struggling and his parents were like god why'd you make my kid like you know they were ups mm-hmm. kind of upset and they said well god we know you can change this we can know you can change the situation and they said he remembers jesus walking in the room and shifting things around in his in his mind because it was the god factor and mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we forget that the god factor is there that when we're born again we're no longer we may this is just a temporary place yeah. this is just a passing through because what happens is that we're seated in heavenly places we yeah. have access to heaven to bring heaven down we have the open heaven if if you'll allow god to to move if you'll trust him and at the same time i just see like the god factor in yeah. so many situations well this is well you don't know this has happened to me but the god factor you, what you you don't know i'm going i'm going the god factor god's already walked through it he already sensed it he yeah. he's already empathized it he's been in your shoes he's already walked through every situation that you could ever imagine and uh, as i grow in the lord and, and been growing for all these years it, it amazes me now it's like there's sometimes i do get a little down when things happen but I remember the God factor Amen. because he is the one he is fighting for us. He is the one who is is going before me. Mm-hmm. And and uh, 
sometimes I feel like I try to step in front of him sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, you got to go before me because you're yeah. clearing out the way for me. Yeah. And, and I think that's where sometimes we, hey, people step back a little bit and let Jesus go before you yeah. because he'll clear it all out. He'll get it ready. He'll get you, he'll, he'll clear out the path. He'll make the path ready for you to go forward. But we can walk side by side, but tr- stop trying to get ahead mm-hmm. of him. Yeah, we can't get ahead of him. That's good. Hey, man, well, we got just a few more minutes this morning. Don't forget that in the next day or two, we are going to be launching the new app. Mm -hmm. That's our surprise. We have a new app. It's basically built. We're doing some final touches, getting some streaming issues done, and um, excited for this tool and resource that's going to serve the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think think it'll be a huge blessing to you guys as listeners of the Boxy Radio because it will have – it's not just streaming anymore. There's still you'll still be able to stream. Like, just know they're still gonna be able to stream on there. But also, you'll have podcasts. You'll have event calendars. You'll be able to do prayer walls. It's gonna be much. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be much different, and but it's gonna be different for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be a tool serving well the body of Christ. Amen. It's user friendly too. I like that. I mean, yeah. it's just like I need that because I'm like. Sometimes I'm like, what button do I push, son? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's a little bit more personalized. And um, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm really excited about the prayer wall, though. I think yes. it's one of my favorite things about it. It's going to mm-hmm. be really, really useful um, for all of the different prayer times that we have here. We'll be able to use this. Now, yeah. when, like, when I made me, a, I made an account with it. So do you, like, is everybody's names going to appear? Like when you. If you have an account. Now, you don't have you to don't have, have an account. Okay. If you want to interact, I think you do have to have an account with. Okay. But you don't have to. Actually, um, <clears throat> you can like it. I think you can put that you're praying without having an account. Yeah. I think I did that before cool. I created. But can one. you comment without one? I don't know if you can comment, okay. but you can like put that you're praying. If yeah. You don't, and you if can If you want to stay it. anonymous. And if you want to create an account and not use your real name, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just put whatever if you want to stay we'll anonymous. We'll have 15 Jacob Swifts. <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, only the world can only handle one Jacob Swift. Uh, <laughs> Jacob. Uh, Lord, didn't know what he was. Sometimes I think, I was like, what are you, did you know when you made me, what you made me to be like? <laughs> Uh, well, I do want to mention this before we get off of here. I just keep thinking about, and you know, this is something that, ha- you know, has been a part of my story, but I've been hearing it from a lot of other people too, like generational, generational curses and generational, like, you know, people who, and we had that one caller, I think it was during the share that was like, I want to, I'm feeling the Lord leading me somewhere, but I don't want to leave my family. Um, I'm connected to this place where my family is. Um, and I just want to remind everyone that, you know, we, we were created to be, the, the Lord is our father above anything else. Like our earthly family is a gift, but we were created to be in communion with, with the Lord. Like that's our first, first, our first love, our mm. first calling, our first family is him. Um, and so I just want to encourage anyone who um, is wanting to be a generational curse breaker, who's wanting to stop living in the same cycle and the same roller coaster of, um, sin and generational curses and um, never being consistent and maybe you've just not had a good example of that but 
it's never too late. Today can be the day that you you start the new path for mm. your family. Today can be the day that you break off all of that and you are a forerunner for what the Lord's calling you to do and living out this truth in his mm -hmm. word. Amen. Hallelujah. Generational blessings. Yes. I said, oh. let's sever the curse and bring yep. forth the generational. I love that. I like that sever word. Sever the curse. Well, we're getting ready to, we're about Amen. out of time this morning. We're going to make room for Asa. Hallelujah. Come on and preach a little bit. Um, we are praying for Miss Karen. Um, I think her mom did pass away early this morning. They had been mm -hmm. waiting on, just kind of, it was a waiting game at this point. They knew it was mm -hmm. coming and we're praying for her. We're praying for their family. Amen. Love you guys so much. Um, and then don't forget 930 live prayer. 930 live prayer. Send Amen. Your requests. All right. Well, we're out of here for this day. We'll be back 7 a.m. Central tomorrow here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.